0: Welcome to Foreman Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman.
1: And Chef Cindy Wolf.
0: And today, Cindy, today is a cheesy day. <laughs> <laughs> There's my cheesy just overture gonna say, to that's the program. Some of your,
1: that's, a, that's some uh, pop humor there, I that's, think. Mm-hmm, you get that naturally, honestly. That's yeah, nice. Well,
0: yeah. that's the way it goes. My eight-year-old's expert in those kinds of jokes. <laughs> No, but let let's talk cheese. People always have an interest in cheese. They want to know about making a cheese course. They want to know where does it belong in a menu. How do you use cheese in a menu
2: mm-hmm.
0: when you're entertaining people? Um, what's the right serving circumstance? What are the right wines for what kinds of cheeses? Right, and then there is the 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 calamitous mystery of cooking with cheese. <laughs>
1: I hope it's not. Nice. That can
0: lead to clotting Please. and sticky and oh, burnt crispy things.
1: Right, right. Well, yes. Right. Some nice crispy cheese on lasagna is good. There you go. But that's one of the few there spots. There
0: you go. You always mm. bring the nice.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And then also just, I mean, like what cheese recipe is on your brain right now?
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So let's spend cheese. some time on cheese.
1: Well, I have to say that one of our restaurants just brought back its cheese cart, and I feel like I did before COVID. When I saw that cheese cart come through the dining room, I literally almost got up and jumped out of my chair for joy. So there you go. It's back. Cheese is back.
0: Cheese carts are great fun. It was hard to do when, There's not a lot, with there's, all the stuff going there's, on. There's, but, there's not yeah. but so many yeah. times you find that stuff. That's, that's largely a, a French and Northern Italian thing. You, you see it in some more parts of Europe. Mm-hmm. You will see it in a bit in in the British Isles.
1: Well, and typically, you know, you talk about when do you eat cheese? You're typically, in, in the in you know in France, obviously, it's it's after the last savory course. The cheese cart would come by or trolley, whatever you want to call it, and and uh, you would have an option. But that doesn't mean you wouldn't see cheese before the meal. You know, in other circumstances, but that's just what they do in restaurants.
0: Well, and I mean, and in Italy, you often see, depending upon the culture, and more often as you head south, you see. Some cheeses, what you would call table cheeses,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or I guess you know, unkind word, but truly simple cheeses. In other words, not incredibly matured, not incredibly strong. Fresh pieces as part of antipasti.
1: Right. Yeah. Of course. So everything kind of has its place. I mean, do you want to start off with a pois before your meal? I, I no. don't think so. You know that that's but, a, but a washed,
0: really, but really, really mild buffalo milk mozzarella. Of course. Delicious, perfect. you know, as, as part of an antipasto with, you know, with heirloom tomatoes.
1: Yeah, and I think that's... there's worse than that. That's kind of how you, you know, just a simple way of looking at it is mild before the meal if you're going to have something ahead of time or you know, you know, and and honestly, I think of a pecorino as a perfect, you know, mild Italian piece. Um, some of the fresh goats from France is a perfect first, you know, f- prior to eating food cheese.
0: But like, a, but a young pecorino from mm-hmm. from. Say from Tuscany or from Lazio. That would be great. That's three months, Mm -hmm. maybe six at most. It doesn't have mild. intensity. Yeah, Yeah,
1: they can be pretty mild and pretty. You
0: you get to like an 18 month and older piece, like from uh, the Pecorino Sardo from Sardinia, or uh, some of those pieces are super intense. And the salt really gets up there. Yeah, salt for sure. Yeah. And,
1: you know, I think as far as uh, the cart goes or when you're serving cheese, you know, after dinner to your guests, you want a uh, you want to represent sort of the classes of cheeses, sort of, you know, maybe something that's you, you want to hit the milks. So cow, sheep and goat. And, hit the and, milks. And, and frankly, there are some cheeses that combine all three, which is fun, like Latour, right? Yeah. Um, so, la from Vermont. yeah, there's so, you know, but there are most. Most often, cheeses are just one milk, and um, so it's nice to represent them all. And to me, the categories of cheese.
0: So the different categories. So you have
1: washed rind pieces.
0: So washed rind pieces are those things that that tend to have like an orangey outside, mm-hmm. maybe, or you you can see and they're some, moist
1: on the outside, right? And and
0: and they're softer pieces. And it, the outside of those cheeses are more like more spicy, more intense when mm-hmm. you eat them. And so that's kind itself, of a choice that you make.
1: Yeah, the cheese itself is usually stronger. Poisse is an excellent example of a washed rind cheese. And if if you've ever had it, you know it's you know really, really beautiful but strongly flavored.
0: So that's the kind of thing you'd want. Like in your lineup, it's probably the last one in your lineup. Definitely. Or last before. hmm
1: uh, a, a pressed piece with some age probably yeah. or a sheep's milk piece with age. Um, yeah, so you then you have the pressed pieces.
0: So what's a good example of that?
1: Yeah. Uh, Tom de Pyrénées, uh, cheeses that are cons- consistently firm, that have an, a texture on the outside that usually you don't often eat. Um, you know, uh, with a wash oh. rind piece, the outside is so important to the beauty of the cheese, but with a pressed piece, you often don't eat the outside.
0: Yeah, like a tome de Pyrénées that you often find commercially is a petit mm-hmm. basque, mm-hmm. and petit basque is, is wax on the outside. Yeah,
1: that, that actually has wax, right. Um, and, and
0: very sorry. mild, but... Mm-hmm. But good richness. Mm-hmm.
1: So pressed pieces are, are are pieces that are firm pieces of cheese because they literally have been pressed. And then you have the soft pieces like a goat that can either be put into a mold or a light mold, or can even go into a hoop or a basket uh, for aging. Which it, I just I'm always fascinated when I see a piece of cheese that's been in a basket because, like Ticklemore has. The most beautiful, and that's a pressed piece, but it has such a beautiful uh, outside rind to because it because markings, of the markings yeah. from the basket.
0: You also see fresh goat uh, that that gets aged some sometimes, mm-hmm. right in longer, uh, yeah. longer cylinders that are that are kind of like the cheeses around a dowel,
1: right? Yeah, that's um, super cool. Saint Mar does that.
0: saint du the terrain mm-hmm. is that, mm-hmm. and uh, and some of the pyramids, like uh, Valenciennes, yeah. also from Loire. Yeah does that.
1: And then they have naturally occurring uh, mold or rind that develops over time. You know, maybe they come in at three weeks and by week four, you start to see a change on the outside of the cheese or some of those cheeses have ash. Uh, it can be vegetal ash on the outside of the cheese, which um, is an important part of the process. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and, and then we have we have great avoges right now, which is gorgeous. And that's almost, I don't know what that shape would be called. It's almost like an oval, uh, low flat oval, flat top, flat bottom, but in an oval shape. Those are gorgeous. I love having the great avoges and the, the pyramid cheese is on the same cart because it looks so beautiful. And you, then you have the little rounds, like Chabichou de Poitou, which are some of the... I mean, that's one of my favorite chèv's ever. I mean, there's just so many beautiful pieces that you can get.
0: Well, it's interesting. With, with French chèv. the further north you go, when you're up in the Loire, those cheeses are always more mineral, always more bright, and the acidity is higher. And when you go south, they get that fruity... They can almost take on like a banana
2: mm-hmm.
0: tone, you know? Mm-hmm. There's like more fat... And, and it has that, it's a, it's a different thing. It wants a different wine, which is interesting.
1: Well, and with goat, you always get a higher level of acidity. So, you know, and obviously a goat produces less milk than a cow. Um, I think you can look at them and figure that out. And, um, you know, so they're, they just tend to be smaller pieces because they produce less milk. And they are fresh pieces. But, yeah, the, the acidity level can be high. And you tend to think of a cow's milk piece as being richer, a little less acidic, um, longer on the palate. Sheep's milk even more so. You know, I think sheep's milk pieces are often almost caramel in t- tone and and definitely um, more complex in flavor than a cow's milk piece, almost across the board. So that's why you want to have the three different types of milks. And the three, and well, there's more than three different ways of making the cheese, but the, the washed rind, the pressed piece, and the fresh pieces. I mean, it's,
0: Well, and I guess I think of Uh, Blooming rinds is their own Oh, right, for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brita Moe is the most famous of those. And
1: that's naturally occurring. The cheese naturally, the rind naturally blooms like that.
0: That white blooming mold on the outside. It's so
1: beautiful. I I, I always, whenever I take cheese like that out of the package, I don't really want to touch it because I don't want to ruin any, you know, because if you put your fingers on there, that will, you know, crush it in a little bit. And I I just love that blooming rind. It's such a beautiful thing to look at.
0: Really nice Brita Moe. You cut into it, mm-hmm. and that that downy white oh, on the outside, gosh. and you have that very Uzi. like is that very mm. like buttery, Sexy, yellow, like the silky. best buttery yellow on mm-hmm. the inside.
1: Definitely, definitely. I, I I I I mean, I'm just sitting here smiling, just talking well, about and, and, cheese and, and, because and, I love it so and much. It has this
0: mushroomy presence to it. Yeah, there's it does. a sweetness mm-hmm. and that at once. It's an earthiness. That's exactly. one of the reasons why that's one of the great cheeses to pair with wine.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, yeah. And, you know, some of the, the, uh, english cheddars are just so brilliant you know compared to what you know when we grew so up those are press pieces those are cute like i have a 55 pound wheel of uh of good cheddar. for you yeah and uh, of cheddar in my walk-in that i just received from neil's yard and i'm so excited to uh, get into that I, I buy it because i know we will use it a lot with our pastas and things and and uh, different dishes that we use as we come into the fall which we're about to hit so i'm super excited to have that piece of cheese and i i age my cheeses as well i mean i i my Prevere's aged them beautifully, but I find some of them need need to be aged by me as well. So that that's part of my thought process when I'm
0: buying. How about blues? Uh, so to me, that's the, that's that's the another, other group, it feel, it, and exactly. it's a, it's a wild it's a wild card group. It is. Well, you're short on the groups. In is here.
1: it naturally occurring mold? Is it injected with mold? Is it because it was in a cave that's fit like roquefort that's famous for yeah. the caves? So, what, what
0: are examples of each type right. of blue?
1: So uh, Stilton um, is, I mean. I to me the king of blue cheese. I mean, I, I kind of hate to say it that way, but it's like Stilton is made still the way it's always been made, and it's it's just so uh, a little bit more creamy. It's not a dry blue. It has it's not like it's not like soft like a brie or something. But I mean, it does have a creaminess to its texture. It doesn't totally crumble. It holds together, and it has a richness on the palate, and it makes the blue aspect of it seem more. Um, Married together with the rest of the cheese, it it doesn't feel so shocking to have that it's bite not, it's, of intense it, blue, it's not as vein. Edgy. right? And. Um, you know, that's that's just such a famous, gorgeous piece of blue and and something that, you know, often was served around Christmas time. And, you know, it's it's a big piece. They, they weigh about 15 pounds consistently. So they're just it's an impressive piece of cheese. If, if you can buy a whole wheel, that's an awful lot of cheese for somebody to have at their house. But um, you can certainly buy pieces of, of uh, Stilton But if you can't, if you are having a big holiday and you know you're just kind of like 20, 30 people over, why not buy the whole wheel? And and Stickleton is uh, produced by a couple of other fellows. And Stickleton's another blue. And yes, Stickleton is, is very similar to Stilton. Uh, it comes from a uh, similar region and um, a similar process. Uh, but it's it's just a little, little bit different. It's kind of fun. If you do see a piece of Stickleton and you're a Stilton fan, you might want to try it because it's it, right now, especially the piece. I just uh, broke into a piece and um, it's it's really remarkable. And then you have things like Forme d'Ambert, which is a French blue um, versus we were just talking about pieces from Great Britain.
0: Forme d'Ambert is cow's milk, no?
1: it is and it's Definitely softer, definitely creamier. A mi- it's just a milder piece of blue. It's it's good for, you know, if you're doing uh, blue cheese stuffed olives, I like to use Formed Oh, it's cocktail time. I like that. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, you, I mean, obviously you can just eat it. Um, it also makes, like if you're doing a salad, form Umber is nice too. It's not as expensive as, say, a stickleton or a stilton. Um, so it's, it is a more affordable piece of blue uh, and, you know, great for a salad, really because of its texture. Yeah. Um, and then, and then melt on your burger, right? And um, yeah, I mean, I think those are three excellent examples of blue. We also have Beanley and Harborn that we use that come from Great Britain, and those pieces are very different.
0: Beanley is marvelous.
1: <gasps> oh, I love Beanley so much. If you see that somewhere, please buy it and try it. It's it's almost all w- white, uh, rather than like if you look at a Stilton, you see a really sort of um, Uh, I don't know what to say. Just a darker, creamy-looking texture. It's very veined. It's very veined. It's very veined. And the beanley is is really just like a big white. I think they weigh about seven to eight pounds. And it has a little bit of veining. But those are sheep's milk pieces. And, oh, my gosh, you can tell it was made with sheep's milk. The texture
0: is spectacular. Oh, my
1: goodness. They're just gorgeous. And the moment you release it from its packaging and oxygen starts to hit that cheese, it starts to literally not bloom like a blooming rind but it actually starts to bloom and you can see the color of the veins start to the veins, hit, the veins it, come the up with the oxygen yeah. yeah and it's really quite exciting to see and uh, it's a it's it's also a piece of cheese that will last for a while in other words if because of its moisture content the way that it's built um, if you keep it wrapped properly in your refrigerator you know you don't have to like buy it and eat it you can you can keep it for a week or something once you open the packaging as long as you rewrap it correctly
0: I'm going to throw one very scary blue in on you. Okay. It's the one that... that Cabrales. Cabrales That's is scary
1: to me. Awesome. I don't like Cabrales. Young, fresh Cabrales <laughs> is awesome. Okay.
0: You know, from Astorias and then north mm-hmm. of Spain. Oh, it's I mean, a
1: beautiful that's, cheese. It's a beautiful it, cheese, but it's a little too strong for me.
0: The, Spa- the Spanish blue, that, and that's a cow's milk and just delicious. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, like, just eat seafood along that coast. And then a fat piece of cabrales, a bunch of figs. Mm, that's nice. You know, that's that's a that's a happy time right there.
1: So, what was your scary blue? Valdeón. Oh, okay. Yes, that's the, that's that's that is pretty scary from a stream and actually you know I that, think I'm thinking of Valdion and not yeah. Cabrales now that you say that. Yes, that, that's that's
0: the one that Valdeon
1: comes in like it's so strong it comes wrapped in foil.
0: Yeah, there there is happiness there, <laughs> but there is some violence yeah, also.
1: It, it might like eat you that cheese is so high in acidity. Yeah, it, it's literally right. That is what I'm thinking of. I'm sorry, not Cabrales, it, it is, is, is Valdion.
0: Cabrales. I'm like, what, what do you have against Cabrales? Yeah, yeah, it's not Cabrales. Cabrales anyway, is, yeah, lovely and th- tender and so, affectionate. You know. Yes. Yeah, so Valdion is what milk? Valdion is sheep.
1: Sheep's milk. Yeah. Well, if you like a pois, you'll like Valdion. Tony loves a pois. I mean, I remember the first time.
0: I love a pois, but I don't love it as much as a, a similar cheese from the same region, l'ami de Chambertin. Oh,
1: we've we've been serving that. That has been going.
0: Out of the is door just like hotcakes. More cakes. spicy. That's even more spicy.
1: Yeah, Lame de Chambertin is a gorgeous cheese. Um, actually, I think I like it better than Epos too, But they're both very, very good cheeses. The other, good the pieces. other
0: mild washed milk from that area, uh, Cito, mm-hmm. C I T E A U X. That's hard to get in the states, but that's a lovely one. That's that. All of those cheeses. If you have uh, white Burgundy, top flight Chardonnay. Um, really good Pinot, but you need acidity in those wines to match them. They do incredibly well with those cheeses. So, Cindy, we spent some time on cheese types. I think we got all the big categories Mm -hmm. and some examples. When we come back, let's spend some time on wines that make sense with those types and some of those examples, and also how to actually serve a cheese plate and have it as its most attractive. On Formula Wolf on Food and Wine on WYPR. Welcome back to Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman.
1: And Chef Cindy Wolf.
0: And we're talking all about cheese today. We spent time in the first segment on on types of different kinds of cheese and people always have an interest in cheese plate or cheese for snacking or we're we're largely talking about cheese for after a meal as a last savory thing you know mm-hmm. when you think about it logically cheese is the thing with the flavor and the honestly the fat and the satisfaction that follows like when I was in France in uh, may those guys were laughing because at the end of a meal, like I, I don't really want a sweet as much as, I want to say the last little bit of whatever the most special wine was. I want a yeah. little bit of just plain baguettes, and I want one piece, one slice, of something that's dead on for that. And that little moment, that like three minutes of bliss, that's perfect I, for me.
1: Well, I agree with you. I'd much rather have cheese and pastry any day, and- uh, Don't
0: tell any pastry chefs. If you listen to this, it's a big secret. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, the the idea too with that being final is that you always say what about picking cheese and wine together at the end of the meal. N- not if you have to finish something, but if you're getting a new bottle, you you always say not necessarily red,
0: right? Well, exactly, because a lot That's, of people think, oh, we have exactly. to get
1: red wine now, and it's like you always say not not so not pe- so. Pe- so
0: pe- tell pe- us, you talk about ghost. People love ghost cheese if it's from the north, those with a higher acidity that definitely that, that can work for red that can work for rhone valley reds it can also work for some like riper syrah uh okay. but not too tannic the tannins don't help you that sort of chalky business on the sides of your mouth they don't do you a lot of good with with cheese, with cheese. right okay what you want is that punch of fruit that focus that acid and and there's also like an earth connection there there's a mineral to mm-hmm. mineral connection. Sure. You know that has a lot to do with place.
1: So so we were talking on one of the shows recently about blue and I had I had, I had I was drinking a little bit of champagne that I had and I just absolutely hated it with the blue. So what do you what do you but like it, with the blues too the much. Blues, the yeah. blues
0: too much. I mean that It
1: blows it away. The
0: the, the classic blue all-time classic blue pairing is roquefort, that strong sheep's milk from Languedoc. Mm-hmm. Right? and sauterne, and sauterne, think about it, it's gonna take on almost anything. The sugar is high. The acid is high. It has really good intensity, really good phenolics, that density mm-hmm. of material.
1: Well, and don't you like, f- you know, I, I I like to eat just cheese, but I, a lot of people like to have dried fruit with cheese. I mean, honestly, I think of a sauterne as like a dried fruit well, it, in a way, to, well, which to, in a to way it extent, is, because the but fruit it, on the vine but, is. But, but, it, but it will have
0: that mineral content. And sauterne also usually is aged in oak, so it has a vanilla tone to it. Okay. So you got to think about that. Yeah. Like if it was, if you try to put that with valdeon, which has that like certain funkiness Funk, that some yeah. cheap milk yeah. can, yeah. yeah, it's it. That's too much for the sauterne even.
1: Okay. So what would you? What else could you put with a blue besides sauterne? It
0: depends upon the blue for sure. Okay. Um, for example, the beanley that you love so much. Mm-hmm. Because the blue vein is pretty mild in that, um, uh, it's 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 not as aggressive. And the fat is quite good in that. Yeah. Yes. A young Rhone Valley wine, like a chat de Pape from a really riper oh, year. Good. That okay. can do very well with that.
1: So that's a weight or a, a red or a white? That's a red. A red. That's okay. a red. Okay.
0: You can certainly have some white with that. You want a white that was off dry. Mm-hmm. There's a white that you rarely see in the States. Uh, from the Pyrenees called Joranson. Oh, yeah. And that, that okay. those sweeter Joranson, like from uh, Um that that is really sweet but has really good acid and, and big personality. That can take that on. The biggest trick you were talking about that people want to have red wine, my next thing, I want to have red wine. It's hard to do. You have to have the right cheese for it. And that's not the cheese plate. People love to put cheese plates out with you know, almonds and honey and jam and dried fruit and all this kind of business. That is its own thought. That isn't necessarily associated. It, the more that you do that garnishing to it, the less it has to do with the wine you're going to serve with it. Okay. yeah. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, of course it does. Sure. It, it kind of is cross purposes.
1: <sighs> Which is why I just like cheese. Yeah. I mean, I like a little simple toast point very much because it kind of prepares you for the next cheese. I like to eat the cheese. Uh, you know, with a knife and a fork.
0: Yeah, I don't even want toast. You know me; you, I just want.
1: You like fresh bread. Just a little bread yeah, crust. A little just a or little bread crust. Yeah, a lot of people do too. We get asked often for just slices, and I'm happy to do that. We almost. Good for
0: happen. them. They're the good guys.
1: <laughs> so, Tony, you were saying all those things are at cross purposes with the wine. So, tell me, what, what do you mean when you when you're saying that?
0: Well, it it depends. Mm-hmm. First question is: Are you going to consume wine with cheese? If you are not, then absolutely you should have that slice of breademo uh with slices of apple and maybe some walnuts on the plate and uh, and and little buttery toast like that's awesome and that's that's terrific you know and and maybe you're having that with cider or something or like mm-hmm, sure wh- whatever you might want to do right but if you're having wine if you're having wine you have to think about what are the things are going to interact with the wine as well as the cheese if you have dried fruit that has sugar it's going to throw off your dry wine Right, yep. that's one. All right. If you have, um, let's say it's an almond or a walnut, if you bite into that, that's bitter, isn't it? That's going to amplify that in the wine. Those things are both going to like throw off the balance of the wine with the cheese as well as make the wine and wine less attractive.
1: So basically you've just introduced a strong flavor other than the cheese and it's going to yeah. compete. Yeah, that makes it's, sense. It's, it's putting
0: it. a little bit of rock and roll guitar into the middle of a, a, you know, a beautiful Spanish guitar ballad. Yeah. You know, I love rock and roll guitar, but that's a different thing.
1: Right. I get it. Okay. So. We talked about blues.
0: Pressed milk is tricky. Okay. Pressed milk is tricky. Just think about it. So what what are the, fa- like, like, uh jauda, gouda, well, gouda in the States a lot of times, right? Mm-hmm. That's strong flavored, intense, sharp. Fatty. Typically fatty. And you think, well, what what does that want? Well, one, honestly, that's not a bad beer match.
1: I knew you were going to say that.
0: Because it just is. (laughs) That's nothing wrong with it. Two, if you want wine for it, I would have something a little bit off dry Mm. with really good acidity. I mean, I would look to Alsace.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. You know,
0: I would look to – Alsace also has enough alcohol to carry that. Um, There there are Germans that are excellent with cheese, like a a Spätläser or an Auslese. With uh, the German cheese Camozola, can be terrific. And the Camozola you can find mm, in the store. Yeah, it's tasty. It's not a high it's fat, fair. you know, blue. Um, it's mild. That's an easy. Uh, you want a little happy, uh, happy, you know, cheese toasty. Put a little Camozola on a on a toast. Well,
1: okay, I get it. So and and
0: and have that little bit sweet, you know, German wine with it.
1: What about some of the washed rind pieces? Like, you know, maybe we often serve Gubin or ardrahan, and these are cow's milk pieces that are washed rind that are, I mean, they're so, so long on the palate. So, so fascinating. So
0: the ones, like gubine is not as strong as ardrahan, right? Gubine, you could even have champagne with Gubin uh, I can see like, that. Like okay. a, like a pinot-based oh, champagne, fun. you know. I love that. All right. Maybe from the village of Buzi or Amboné or something like that. Mm-hmm. But one of those, like, plump you know, red-fruited mm-hmm. champagne that okay. can work for that. Um,
1: Ardrahan needs a glass of scotch. <laughs> Ardrahan, <laughs> I would not mind a little
0: malt whiskey with, frankly. <laughs> All right. Um, especially the stronger ones. Yeah, that is um a serious cheese. And, and there are some British Isles cheeses like uh, mm. Doddington that, Oof. that I love so much. Yeah. That's no that, longer available. No, but if you go to Sadly. right at the right at the Scots border where the where the creamery is, well, then you can get it. Like I <laughs> okay. did a couple of years ago. Well, yeah,
1: we can't get it here, but
0: I got not only Doddington cheese, well, wow. nice, and and a little pub called the Red Lion, right? That had solid cooking,
1: fun,
0: very solid cooking, but I got a very nice glass of malt whiskey. When I say glass of malt whiskey. I mean, the nightcap that puts you to bed a for tumbler. a couple of days. Yeah, a
1: tumbler, <laughs> <laughs> eight ounces. Perhaps a tumbler, a digestive tumbler,
0: of uh, that's, of, of a nice. malt. Hey, it's yeah. vacation. It was, yeah, it was vacation. at about twenty minutes. <laughs> 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 uh, but that that was that was great to have. But Doddington's a little bit like a cross between a cheddar and a Parmigiano, and so you have that crystalline. Quality, Yeah. And you have that bit of, like, sweet cave thing that that good cheddar can have.
1: Yeah, definitely caramel on the finish as well. With and that
0: and, was honestly nice with the whiskey.
1: And that that's such a hard cheese. I mean, it's almost like a hard cheese, really, in texture. That's, the, the cheese is hard to cut.
0: The press pieces you were talking about initially, things like uh, the Tom de Pirnais, like Petit Basque. Tom de Brebi. Or mm-hmm. super popular, super popular uh, in the States, Manchego. Mm -hmm. at all different ages, Mm -hmm. right? Like a very young manchego and a fruity young red wine, fine. But honestly, it's white wine that you want for those kinds of pieces for the most part. Yeah,
1: I can totally see that.
0: Just something to to clean it up, bounce a little bit of fruit off of it, and that that works well. Let's talk a few minutes about uh, the care of cheese and how cheese is presented to best advantage. Yeah. You know, that... You mentioned temperature and temperature's a big thing. You you don't want things cold out of the fridge. No. And things will always dry some in the fridge. Yes. You have to be aware of that.
1: Yes, depending on what's going on in your refrigerator. Absolutely. And your home refrigerator's pretty humidity controlled, so
0: But you also don't want it to be too warm.
1: Yeah, you you can't have it sit out on a hot summer day. That's well, just
0: And you can't have it out on the like people will have something out and there's like sun hitting no, the coffee table no or what well, like no. You, you, you can't do that You, you
1: want thing. it to be at our room temperature,
0: you know. Uh, room or a little cooler. Yeah, yeah. Like if you have, ideally, like at home, I have a piece of marble. Mm-hmm. If we put cheese out, a couple of pieces, I'll put that in the fridge, bring that out, put the cheese on that like 40 minutes ahead. They'll come up in temperature and stay a little cool because marble will hang on to the temperature. Mm-hmm. And that helps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You just want it at room temperature, period. I mean, you know, as long as your room isn't 90 degrees. I don't know anybody
0: that lives well, that way. you keep your so. room kind of cool, so that's probably true.
1: Yeah. Well, and yeah, and I, I mean, definitely I'm with you. It, it can be cool. Um, you certainly don't want it to be in a hot environment. Um, as far as storing cheese... If you can buy cheese paper, really truly, that's the best thing, especially for a wash rind piece. Um, they just get funky; they're already funky, and oh, they do and not, they do like, not plastic. like plastic wrap at all. Yeah. And you really can't wrap them in a foil either. So, if you can't find cheese paper, then just use wax paper is great. Um, but, but unfortunately, th- the things with wax paper is that it doesn't cling. So, you really have to like it's a big piece. You fold it, you know, like they do would like part, wrapping up your meat or something at market. A part, you want to really parchment
0: paper can work.
1: Yeah, both of those. Either one, with wax paper or parchment paper, just fold it around the piece and wrap it up nicely because air is the enemy. Um, you just don't. Yeah, plastic wrap is the worst. Really, truly. I mean, obviously, we have to wrap it in plastic most of the time. But if you can have, um, you know, some of those those uh, especially washed around pieces. Well, and also the 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 drier pieces are going to dry out if they're not in plastic or you know really saved from the air but that's the biggest thing the other thing too is that some of the pieces um, even some of the goat cheeses if i bring them bring them home from the market and i put it in my refrigerator and i open my refrigerator like an hour later i'm like oh do i really want that smell in there with all the rest of my food i will then take it from the wax paper or parchment paper cover uh wrapping leave it in that and then put it in a plastic baggie and that allows it still to breathe and get some air but it's not affecting everything else in your refrigerator, especially if you have like pastry or something in your refrigerator. You sure don't want that, you know, angel food cake or you know, a little custard mm, tart little or something to, cheese, to smell tart. like. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so often uh, I'll, I'll do that with cured and smoked meats too. Often when I bring them home, I'll just put them in one more baggie that's sealed so that you're not. Uh, and then if you have a drawer, it helps too. But um, yeah, that's it. You know, when it's sitting out, um, obviously you want to make sure that that uh, it's somehow covered if when it's not attended to not not being used um, whether it's one of those little baskety you know sort of screen like things that's nice it keeps everything away from it your pets um, hands little hands whatever um, and and it just protects the cheese a little bit so that's nice
0: I mean like one of the screen domes mm-hmm. that yeah those are nice to have. Have.
1: and you know you said marble uh, to, to, to serve it I like wooden pieces as well um, there are plenty of beautiful cutting boards and yeah. things and the nice thing about well,
0: the marble is just to hold the temperature
1: right and the problem with marble is it's gonna annihilate your knife um, edge. So if you're real, if you're using a, a real knife on marble, you really don't want to do that. Um, if you're using a, a steak knife and a fork, which I'll often use at home, it's if it's not a super hard piece of cheese, if it's a salt like a goat or something, you can certainly you know everybody can help themselves to that with like your home steak knife, and that won't that won't be affected by a marble piece as readily as a beautiful chef's knife or something.
0: Let me throw one last little like perfect pairing thing in. Okay. From my experience. Parmigiano-Reggiano, which is pretty ubiquitously available, and by the way, does not like to be in refrigeration for long at all. It changes very quickly. It dries out very quick. It You think, oh, this cheese is pretty dry to begin with, but it just, like, it saps life from it. Mm-hmm. When, when you buy a piece, it, the plastic is not an issue so much with that. I'll often, if I get a piece and I take it home, I'll put it in one of those, like, Big, like to-go court mm-hmm. jars or something, just like wrapped up in paper, and and it, it it's happy with that, but only for so long because mm-hmm. it dries out really quickly. And the pairing, the pairing is Lambrusco. Oh, so and it's it's not like you know you're 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 swinging dads where you need a Lambrusco, right? But there are lots and lots of very good lower alcohol. Red wine that have a little sweetness and have really good acidity, from that same area of Italy, from uh, Modena, fr- um, from near uh, nearby Parma, nearby uh, some parts of Lombardia, some parts of Veneto. That you see a lot of these, and oh my goodness, it is like shocking how nice.
1: Okay, good.
0: Shocking how nice um, it is Brisco. together. All right. It's an exact. And th- there are other wines, like an Otro Pavese, and, and they're more obscure names, but that's Lambrusco or wines like Lambrusco with Parmigiano is a very perfect pairing. Great. We come back on Formula Wolf on Food and Wine. We've got more cheese for you on WIPR. Welcome back to Foreman and Wolf on Food and Wine. I'm Tony Foreman. And Chef Cindy Wolf. Today it's all about cheese. We spent time <laughs> on all different categories of cheese.
1: Yes. Pairing
0: wine with cheese.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Some guidelines on serving cheese. A little
1: bit of storage.
0: And storage. Yeah. Which is a big deal. Yes. And now...
1: Portioning like, the cheese. Portioning cheese. A little toast and point And cooking action. with
0: cheese. Yeah, Well, yeah. yeah, but first and foremost, yeah, you better nail – like fresh baguette is fresh baguette. Go get a fresh baguette. If you can make one, good for you. The other alternative is to make toast points. And so –
1: And the beauty of making a toast point is the butter. <laughs> so you want a good butter for this mm-hmm. one. And you want a pastry brush and a lot of butter.
0: I think that's your epitaph. I cannot tell. you. beauty I, well, that, is in the butter.
1: That will be my epitaph. <laughs> and I will be buried with my pepper mill, my sous chef told me many, many years <laughs> ago, because it's the best pepper mill in the world, and I still have it 20-some years later. Anyway, so making toast points, you want them to be pretty – pretty thin, not paper thin, of course, that's too thin, but pretty thin. And um, cut them consistently because you're going to put them on a sheet pan and you want them to bake consistently. You don't want some to get dark and some to be light. Uh, Brush them liberally with butter. So you melt the butter, get your pastry brush out, have some fun, just start painting the little bread with the butter. Um, If you just, you know, this is something I have to tell every single new cook that works on my garmache station. And then I have to tell them like five more times because no one ever puts enough butter on there. So they're like, I'm like, nope, go back. And so, and they work on the table across from me. Yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let me show you again. So yeah, be nice with it. I them at 325 degrees in a convected oven. Um, If you don't have that, it'll just take a little bit longer and you want them to be golden, you know, not dark because it'll taste a little burned. Just until Um, they
0: take a little color.
1: Yeah. You want them to be crisp. Honestly, your goal is crisp and golden. If they're soft, they're no fun. Um, you do want them to be crunchy. That's it. End of story. You know, we use our raisin fennel bread uh, from the day before, which is perfect for toast points, and it's delicious. And then we also use our baguette. So we have something that's very neutral, and then we have something that a little bit of flavor to it if the guest is happy for that.
0: So let, let's talk a few minutes about portioning cheese because cheese comes in all of these different cute shapes that you're talking about, right, in pyramids and in ovals and in big rounds and in giant wheels that are, you know, a foot and a half tall and all this kind of business?
1: Well, we we, we talked a little bit. Yes, of course, all different shapes and sizes um, and hardness and softness. So we talked a little bit about, you know, you could even use a, a fork and a, and a steak knife that's nice and sharp from your house. You can use a chef's knife. But we should also talk about the fact that there is a cheese knife that has holes in the blade. And I will tell you that thing is can, that that is the key to really being successful with a softer cheese any 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 cheese is going to sort of suck itself onto the blade of your knife
0: so when you when you say holes in the <laughs> blade, it looks like it's when you when you look at it straight on, it looks like any knife. It's just narrow and it has a curved curve when blade. you look at it from the side mm-hmm. it has big slots, yeah, big pieces Frankly, that make it much more <laughs> aerodynamic moving to the cheese right. There's much less friction
1: Yeah, I strongly suggest that. getting that. Now, they're not very long. That's the only thing. I wish somebody would make one that's like 8 to 10 inches. So they're usually like four. They're pretty small knives, unfortunately. So they only work on certain size cheeses. Um, so you also need a big knife. But your goal with any cheese, whatever shape it is, is to go from the center to the outside. You want the point of your knife to be at the center of the cheese because you want to enjoy... As much of the interior as the rind, so that's just your goal. That's that's your rule of thumb. But if, it, if it's a
0: huge cheese, it can not be that way.
1: But it, well, if you if you step it, it can. So you know, if you, yeah. which is a little dangerous for folks at home. I, I don't really like the idea of people doing that at home. But if you're good with a knife, you can step it, which means you you cut out the portion on the top that you want for yourself. Let's say you're doing one portion, you cut a triangle out on the top of a piece of Stilton, for example, which is a big piece yeah, you, of cheese. You're,
0: you're building a circular staircase. By removing one piece of cheese after the other. At a time, right. So then you, you go down. And
1: then you slide your knife straight in from the side to the center of the cheese flat, which that's what makes me nervous. If you do not use a knife, you shouldn't do it. But um, if you do, go for it because that's the best way. Or traditional with Stilton, there are still out there in some of the old shops um, uh, is the, I don't know what you call it. It's spoon. almost like a spoon. Yeah it's, yeah. it's It's more like a plug shape but yeah a a stilton spoon i have one um actually made by local baltimore silver makers and um it's quite old and it's beautiful so you can and that's nice for your house i mean i can't really use it at the restaurant it's not appropriate but for your home it's gorgeous and then people can help themselves easily to a piece of you know and you just again you go in from the side straight across the top of the cheese you're not going down. You're going across the top. But, yeah, with most cheeses, it's just cut out a triangle, almost all of them, or, or a thin slice. But I'll say what I said on that recent show. We were talking about cheese. Um, honestly, the more you cut the pieces for the guests, the more they're going to eat and enjoy. If you if you no make question. them do it, they're just the if you
0: make If you make it, just, yeah, if, make if it, it easy a, for them. If it's a pickup item or if it's super easy, then mm-hmm. great.
1: Or if it's something that's crumbly, go ahead and put it on toast points for them and let them just pick up the toast point ready to go. That's really the answer to that.
0: It's funny. The first time I saw whole wheels of Parmigiano, hmm. and like whole wheels of, of Gruyere or Comte, these these gigantic pieces that are like you know what, tw- you know, twenty kilos. Oh or, yeah, they're huge, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to you have to deal with them. They like get delivered, and you have to deal with them. Cheese wires are fine. They don't work on something like that. Remember grabbing the double hand, having to show someone the first time. Uh, how to handle the double-handled cheese knife it looks like a, you know... An,
1: a rocking blade. Uh, yeah, a
0: rocking blade With that you... Two. literally yeah Literally, you know, you're like seesaw back and forth mm-hmm. to get through the cheese. You can also and, use and tools. You, and you work hard. Oh, definitely. To do that.
1: Definitely. You can also use tools to just kind of chisel out pieces of uh, cheese as well, of the Reggiano, a hard piece like that. Yeah. So you can go either way. Actually... I have a, a a wire and oh my gosh that's the best thing if you want to do slices of goat like when we do uh, goat cheese for Oh the more, more de-
0: the more delicate cheeses Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah
1: yeah th- that's what that's perfect for I don't know that I would have that when I had guests around but if you're cooking with cheese or you know and in this case that's what I'm doing I make a slice of goat dip it in butter into light bread crumb, a little bit of salt and pepper, and then we bake it in the oven and serve it on a green salad, which is so French. Um, you know, those little cheese wires are perfect for that. But don't don't put a wire out for you no know, chid- kids it, around it, it, or you you give know. people
0: cocktails and give them a garrote is not a good idea for your party. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, so you can use it on your own when you're not drinking by yourself in the kitchen. But cooking cheese, let's talk about it. We started.
0: We did. So you posted a photograph recently. On Instagram, of raclette. <sighs> so, who doesn't like melted cheese?
1: Oh, I don't. No one. Everyone and, and, does. And,
0: and that's the ultimate, right?
1: Oh my gosh, I will never forget eating that. That that they brought that we were in Cogne, Italy, and
0: all the way up in the Val d'Aosta in the northwest, right near the Gran Paradiso and the Mont Blanc, which are the two mm-hmm. highest peaks in the Alps, with the Matterhorn.
1: If you can ever go there. You need to go there.
0: Yeah, beautiful place, beautiful valley, famous for a couple of cheeses, Mm -hmm. but the whole, you know, on the other side of that mountain, are all the great cheeses of uh, Switzerland. You know,
1: right? Is it Switzerland? Well,
0: north is Switzerland, west is France, Mm -hmm. but all of the great Alpine cheeses are right there, and raclette being one of those.
1: And you know, it's funny because (laughs) when we when we sat down, and here you are in this restaurant that's just everything you wanted to be. I mean, it looks like this old world, you know, the lady has on the little outfit with the little apron and, you know, the the, the old wood carvings on the wall and everything is just so, and the view of the mountains you're sitting there looking at one of the most beautiful mountain peaks in the world and, uh, you know, just in this lovely little restaurant, but the device they use to melt the cheese is I don't even know how to describe it. What would you say, Tony? It's like almost like a toaster, but it's 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 two plates.
0: It's it's sort of like a cross between a toaster and a curling iron. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's two metal plates in a triangle, and the cheese is kind of speared in, in you know underneath that. Which is, of course, it's weird because they bring it to the table and they plug it in. They next plug to you. it in, and it just, <laughs> oh, you feel like you've been transported just, back to the nineteen fifties or something. It just
0: drips onto the plate.
1: <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh!
0: And they bring a basket of. These beautiful potatoes oh, from the oh, valley, so good. You know, little sweet, little guys like fingerlings, little white
1: ones, but they're they're so but naturally sweet. Enough. Steamed, yeah,
0: and might yeah. have been boiled, but that seemed like they were just steamed.
1: Yeah, I think they were steamed.
0: And in in a little basket wrapped up in in linens,
1: local linens. Yeah, yeah. and you pull
0: you pull one of those guys out, and you cut it on your plate. You dip it in the raclette.
1: Oh, I, I, I just want to do it so much right now. It is right so. Now. It's, it's potatoes and
0: it's cheese fries. Yeah, it's It like is the most sophisticated, <laughs> amazing cheese fries. Oh, you know, and you you drink a glass of uh, Tourette's or something, you know, or the or Sauvignon or one of the excellent Chardonnays from one of the producers there. Mm. That's it's it's that's like happy you've stuff. literally
1: gone. T- to heaven. It's like the well, greatest and thing. Cheese fry ever. heaven. Yeah. And, and then, like, we had the brajola, right? Is that what the meat was? Uh, it was some it, sort of it, cured.
0: It's not, not brazola. Uh, okay. It, it is a dried beef. It okay. is dried beef that they do in that valley. Okay. Um, yeah. Which does not have <gasps> so a DO. But yeah, they make their own.
1: It doesn't have a what? A, oh, a designation. A or a...
0: Denominazione originale. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, got it yeah that that meat was so good and it was really important kind of to enjoy it because i mean you know as wonderful as the cheese is
0: from time h- to time how you much a little bit of air dried meat <laughs> yeah, you need
1: to have something other than the on un- you know amazingly rich cheese that's melting and you just want to eat like pounds of it but you can't so it's nice to have the you can the eat dried meat it. you can definitely eat some what of an, it. what a what a great thing and that pasta that cheese pasta is it tubete uh, it's so the little pasta the, yeah. with the local sausage and the cheese. Uh, it's like, almost like a not a cheddar, but almost like a, a, a an orange melting cheese on that pasta. And, oh, that's one of the best pastas I've ever had in my life.
0: Cheese and cheese sauce are complicated things for pasta. They are. People do all kinds of things that—
1: You can't let it boil.
0: —that are unkind.
1: You You, you annihilate the cheese if you let the cream or milk or whatever you're making a cheese sauce. You cannot do that to the cheese— you you have to be gentle. You have to do low heat. That's the whole, that's the whole, that's the whole thing,
0: is. When you that the basic cheese sauce that you see, there are things that we call different names for cheese sauce in the states. The one that is most typical, at least in the north of Italy, for pasta, is a fonduta, <laughs> and a fonduta is cream with kind of whatever cheese you have around. Right. The most famous ones are from they use a lot of fontina. They're from yeah. the Valdosta, mm-hmm. from up in that same direction. Which is an incredible and great melting, melting cheese. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So it's, and you'll see a little, it's perfect. You'll
0: see them where they put some goat in as well, and so. Mm-hmm. But the other ones are kind of a garnish. Fontina is the base. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I also
1: think Telegio too. I mean, that's another good melting Can one. do well. you got to yep. watch the rind. Right. Oh, well, I cut that off. I cut the yeah. rind off. But oh, yeah, that's, that's, that. I know. It's so good. Oh, teleggio. Oh, I have romantic goodness.
0: feelings about teleggio.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, when you when you do something like that, you heat up the cream first and season it. Get it done. You know, have, have the cream ready to go. If that's what you're doing, you're just making a cream sauce. And then on very low heat, your cream's already hot. Just gently whisk in small pieces of that beautiful melting cheese, and then serve it.
0: If you want to heat it back up correctly, if you make it and you have leftover and you want to heat it back up correctly, use a double boiler, for God's sake. Yeah,
1: that is, I, I agree.
0: Otherwise, you're going to scorch it and Ugh. it's going to ruin the flavor of the right. entire thing.
1: Right. It's. It, it, you just have to be gentle. It is probably one of the most gentle things besides, you know, maybe making hollandaise or something or beurre you know, that you just have to be super careful. And then everything will be amazing.
0: Ta- it takes some touch and some restraint. Mm-hmm. No question. Mm-hmm. Pasta with fonduta, like simple gnocchi or gnocchette, a little tiny gnocchi with fonduta and, uh, and any little garnish. You know, it could be toasted pistachios or y- y- you name it. Pancetta, sorry. Oof. I didn't mean not to throw in pork or butter into a dish. <laughs> Cindy. Yeah, okay. pancetta a little, little crispy pancetta that oh, I like decorated so on that guy. so
1: pretty. So yeah. pretty. Little sage.
0: And honestly, that leaning towards goat in that fonduta, you know, fondue, uh, fontina base, mm-hmm. and leaning towards goat to give it a little tang.
1: Yeah, it's nice. Makes it more interesting. Yeah. I mean, after all, you are adding it to cream. So, yeah, you need some balance. That's great. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I think, you know, when you have something like, uh, you know, that, so that explains how you would add cheese to, a cr- to make a cream sauce. If you're working with something like lasagna, you know, it's going to be protected, basically, you know, because the pasta is going to protect it. So, so, it's not going to be, you're not going to hurt the cheese well, at it's 350 also frankly, degrees. You're, you're, you're baking it It's it, a different it, situation.
0: It's it ricotta as well. You know, it's going to, it's going to, part of what keeps the lasagna moist is that uh, regotta. So, man, I'm still thinking about the raclette. Oh,
1: I know. The, <laughs> uh, the elegant
0: cheese fries. <laughs> That's all we have time for today on Formidable Wolf on Food and Wine. If you want to listen to this episode or any one of our others, please go to the WIPR website, wypr.org. Look for the Foreman Wolf page, and there's a full menu of goodies right there. If you want to correspond with us via email, it's foremanwolf at wipr.org. To follow Chef Cindy Wolf on social media.
1: You can follow me as Chef
0: Wolf on Twitter,
1: Instagram, or Facebook.
0: My Instagram is The Real Tony Foreman. And thanks for listening.
1: Happy Sunday.